Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Mercedes. In this podcast, we will be sharing with you some of the most exciting stories from within the automotive industry. We will, of course, be talking about the Mercedes-Benz brand and its cars, but we also look forward to meeting external experts for a very personal deep dive into the world of mobility. My name is Yasmin Blair, and this is Let's Talk Mercedes. Thanks for tuning in. How many of you have ever heard of a brain-computer interface, or BCI in short? Well, I'm sure many of you are asking yourselves the same questions I did when I first heard about it. Is this about mind control, saving your memories and watching replays of your own childhood, or even learning kung fu skills within seconds, like in the Matrix movies? The answer is nope. BCI is far away from all these science fiction cliches, but that doesn't mean that it has nothing to do with fascinating future perks to come. In fact, the most striking benefits that the technology offers us are actually in the medical sector, but also, and this should draw your attention even more, in the future of driving. So what does that mean exactly? All I can say is, if the work of today's guests goes smoothly, then one day you just might be able to enter your car and start listening to this podcast by simply thinking about it. It's now high time to ask two genuine experts to help us discover the true potential of interfacing brains and computers. Let's go! My guests of honor today are Group Research Future Technologies at Mercedes-Benz AG. Thanks for joining in, Maxine Benz. Hi, thanks for having me. It's our great pleasure. And I would also like to welcome neuroscientist and founder of NextMind, Sid Cuider. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, you two. Now, we're going to start out by getting to know the two of you a bit better before we continue to jump right into our main topic, okay? Now, Maxine, what is it that you do exactly, and how did you come to do what you do today? I'm working in the Mercedes-Benz research department. Um, I'm just fascinated about using new technologies, about what our futures will look like. So my job is really to look into technologies that are still not common in the automotive industry, but in other sectors, e.g. the medical area. So I try to gain deep expertise and knowledge about these technologies to understand how it works and to find out what potential it will have in the future for us as an automotive industry. All right. And we look forward to hearing more about that potential and what all of this means exactly to, um, I'm going to say, us as drivers. Maxine, thank you for that short intro. Now, Sid, I think it's Pretty hard for most of us to imagine what does the average workday look like in the life of a neuroscientist? Why don't you enlighten us and tell us what led you to found NextMind and what gave you the inspiration? Well, originally I was a cognitive neuroscientist, a professor in a university in Paris, and I've been working on basically neural decoding of memory, language, uh, perception, attention, and so on from the brain. 
And I was only addressing fundamental research questions for the past uh, two decades. And at one point, we just decided that we would go for more applied research. And that's how we created NextMind with the aim of basically taking BCI out of the lab and basically offering it to the masses. So putting it in real applications. And that's what we're doing. Thank you, Sid. So that means it was important for you to take BCI out of the labs, as you said, and bring it onto the streets or to bring it out into public. For which purpose was BCI initially invented? Can you tell us that? Well, BCI was originally invented with the idea that you would allow someone who has, for instance, disability to control a computer directly with their mind. So the whole idea behind BCI is that you can bypass the body in order to create a direct connection between your brain and between an interface or anything around you. And this is very useful for people with disability in particular. But now, as we are developing the technology, we're finding new use cases that are making it much more popular, such as uh, gaming, VR, and so on, where you can create a much stronger immersion. And we believe that in the future, maybe you're going to be able to, to interact with quite a lot of stuff directly with your brain. Maxine, as a researcher, since it's technologically so complex, why don't you explain from your side, what is a brain-computer interface to begin with? Maybe keep it as simple as possible. Don't forget, not all of us are scientists, not all of us are developers. I have had this question a lot here at Mercedes, so I always explain that it's really a direct connection between the human brain and the device. Usually it's a computer and it can measure neural activity and really transmit the information needed for controlling and communication. So it acquires brain signals, analyzes them, and then translates them into commands that trigger desired actions. If I translate your definition and Sid's definition into my world as a driver, into my car, what does BCI have to do with my car or offer me as a driver? BCI has great potential because it works without any movement of muscles. So we are looking into optimizing comfort for our customers, but also for safety reasons. So you can imagine you're sitting in a future car and probably you're not facing the street anymore. So you don't have to push any buttons, but you can control without any movement interior features, for example. I think another important aspect linked to that is really the symbiosis you can have with a car. So when we think about the future cars, we also think about the fact that they're going to be autonomous. So if in addition to that, you don't have to put your hands on the wheels, but also on the interface, then basically you create a direct connection between the car, a symbiotic connection between the car and your mind. So the wall ID, I believe, and that's what's going to happen in the upcoming decade probably, is that the car is going to drive you, it's going to be autonomous, but also you will not even need your physical body to command or control the car or interact with the interface. That means you think window down and you will be able to open the car window. Are we talking of that kind of function or what kind of functions will we be able to control? So our intention is not to control the vehicle with the BCI. For us, really, it's the focus on optimizing comfort features. And the example that you mentioned with the window, that could be a case, but also like changing radio channels, like selecting a destination on the navigation. But as Sita said, we are always trying to 
bring that human-machine merge to a next level and also to enhance our senses. And another thing is that we're really working on try to detect this shock moment to really have this thinking about an action before the physical action as well. That is something really interesting with the BCI technology for us as well. When we speak of thought control or thoughts steering, controlling, guiding things, Sid, to make use of BCIs, my understanding is that we somehow need to connect our brains, obviously. So how do we do that? How can we imagine a connection? You need to measure neural signals. You don't need to get it from inside the head. And you have to remember that when you think, your brain generates some electrical activity And this electrical activity actually creates a kind of aura around your head. So it's not like confined to your head. It goes behind your skull. And if you have the right sensors, the right, uh, we call it electrodes, but those are really sensors, you can basically measure this neural activity very easily. So first, measure neural activity. Second, translate this neural activity into some commands or something useful for the interface and then create a feedback loop between the interface and your brain. So I want to control something. My brain is going to do some, is going to generate some activity. I translate this activity and I know that my brain wants to control that thing. And then something happens in the interface and so on. Once I did this piece on Neil Harbison, perhaps our listeners out there actually heard of him. He has this sort of antenna implanted into his skull and it helps him better see colors in ways that none of us can imagine. And he's actually the first human who was officially recognized as a cyborg by his government. So I think we need to make a very clear difference, Sid, because you were just speaking of measuring signals from the outside of the head versus from the inside. That's a completely different story. And cyborgs are a completely different chapter uh, in the future that we're speaking of. Maybe both of you can explain the basic difference between passive, active and invasive, non-invasive technology. So the main difference between invasive and non-invasive is simply that in the case of invasive technology, you need to like have surgery, have a hole in the head and implant something within the brain. With non-invasive technology, what you do is that first you don't send anything towards the brain, you only record the electrical activity which is naturally generated from your brain and you do it from outside the skull. And now regarding the active versus passive BCI, which is a very important distinction, uh, especially when it comes to the automotive industry, um, an active BCI is the one that allows you to use your brainwaves to control the interface or to control the car. A passive BCI is actually a little bit underrated, I believe, but it's one of the most interesting aspects. It's used for monitoring, basically, and the active BCI is about control. So when we talk about BCI at Mercedes, for us, it's interesting as well, the active BCI and the passive BCI, of course. But when it comes to different degrees of invasiveness, the clear focus is on non-invasive technology. And the challenge for us is really to find little devices that are efficient and powerful, have little electrodes, because for us, the focus is on a great ease of use for our customers. So 
Yes, today we have to deal with devices, but still our vision at Mercedes is that we achieve a contactless measurement in the distance future, maybe in a headrest, so that we have really a seamless integration for our customers and you don't have to wear any device. All right, we're going to speak of what distant future means exactly, but I'd like to first return to something that Sid said. You did give us some examples, some use cases of BCIs. What about actually uploading entire skill sets? Is that theoretically possible? If we look at a completely different aspect and we think, you know, matrix where they upload Kung Fu skills and other knowledge into their brain using BCI within seconds, if I say I would like to you know, really up my yoga skills? Can I just insert them into my head and go pro? Is that going to actually happen anytime soon with the help of BCIs, Sid? Well, I think there's two aspects of your question. The question is whether this is going to happen. And the second part is anytime soon. And basically, I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be possible. Because remember, it's all about the wiring of your neural networks in your brain. So when you're learning, you're creating new connections, you're also stimulating neurons. So in theory, this is absolutely feasible. Now, in practice, this is something extremely complicated because we don't exactly fully understand how those connections are created fully. But even once you understand exactly how the brain works for memories, for learning and so on, you still need to have the right technology to basically stimulate the brain. And I think this is going to take a little while. But, you know, again, it's like science. It's all about breakthroughs. You cannot really predict when or how it's going to happen. Maxine, let me ask you this. We've already spoken about autonomous driving. How closely do you actually work with your colleagues? So, yeah, we here in the research department, we have a good network because our colleagues are really interested in what we are doing and about the roadmap we are showing. So, of course, we are looking into possibilities when it comes to autonomous driving. So that is the fact that you no longer have to turn to the dashboard. You're sitting maybe in different kind of ways. So then it's really interesting for BCI. How do you interact with the interior? What is possible to communicate with the car? Because you have a lot of more freedom of interaction. Now, this is the moment. Both of you have mentioned where we stand today, where we would like to, where you would like to head to with your work. Tell us exactly why aren't we yet able to implement BCIs in today's cars? What is that one missing link? And when will we be seeing the technology on the real road? What's still missing, Sid? Well, I think that the technology was just not ripe enough and it's just coming now. So what we did at NextBind really was to first offer a technology that allows you to go from zero to one, basically. And one is having a real-time link between your brain and the interface. And that was the hardest thing to do. And of course, I'm saying zero to one, because then from one, you can go to a lot of other possibilities. So we're going to improve the technology. We're going to increase the degrees of freedom, the bandwidth. You're going to be able to do many more things with a BCI. But the hardest thing really was to be able to create this direct real-time link. And then from there, when you have this real-time link, basically, you can expand and create a lot of different controls. And second, offer a way for 
developers, for the industry to basically create experiments, test some new applications. And of course, you couldn't do that in the past because the technology was just not good enough, not strong enough. Is there a date you can share with us where you think we're going to make a large leap to by that date? Can you say what's going to be concrete in two years, for example? So right now you have this direct link and you can use your brain to basically select and click on objects. But of course you want to do more than that. You want to have more controls, what we call degrees of freedom. You want to do more stuff basically with your brain, not just only select and click, but really like move things left, right, turn them off, make things appear on your computer and so on. And I think all of this is going to happen. So I just wanted to add some points for us at Mercedes. The most important goal is really the ease of use. So in this category, the BCI for us is not receiving full points yet. The most challenging aspect is really just to eliminate artifacts like blinking eyes, like speaking, because we have a totally different environment in the car. So there's a lot more research necessary But Maxine, maybe you can tell us from your point of view, what do you think is going to be the most major breakthrough or what could be the most major breakthrough? For us, it's really clear the major breakthrough would be further development of, for example, quantum sensors so that we can have this seamless interaction in the headrest, for example, because for us, it's not a use case that our customers are wearing a device. So quantum sensors, Maxine, to clarify that, means that the driver does not have to wear the bonnet. Quantum sensors gives us the answer, no, you can sit in a car without having to be connected with a device put directly on your head. Is that correct? So quantum sensors have the potential, but it's really in a distant future. But we believe that if you really push it further, this sensor technology, it will be possible. But It is still research in the lab, so it takes time till we have it in a headrest. But we're in the research department, and that's uh, why we are dealing with these technologies. And I'm really looking forward to have a breakthrough with these sensors. All of this sounds fantastic. Where would you like to head? What would be the next step, and what would you wish for the near future of BCI? Well, on our side, we're going to continue addressing some of the issues that Mercedes and others have. The first one is really about the sensors. Maxine spoke about like having contactless sensors using, for instance, quantum technology. I believe that we're going to be able to achieve contactless sensors without going uh, all the way to the quantum level. And we're also continuing to improve our machine learning and to improve basically our BCI in terms of controls. So just like giving it uh, more powers, more degrees of freedom. Yes, of course, we are working on a maximum of comfort and really on inspiring new technologies for a futuristic user interface in the car. So to push innovations further and to have a great experience while driving, for example, autonomous. Now, we already spoke of safety just shortly, and I'm not sure if it was Maxine or Sid, but one of you mentioned the so-called shock moment. And I already said from my point of view, safety is going to be one of the most important aspects and most striking advantages about BCIs. It's going to make driving safer. Can you explain how that shock moment works and how it technologically works, how BCI is going to make us safer? We have spoken a lot about innovative interaction possibilities, and that's on one hand a really important option for us. 
in the near future to deal with, but it's also important to make our security systems even better. And for example, in an accident situation, every millisecond counts. So we know that you think about breaking before the physical action. So this is valuable time. And for us, it is a vision to really try to detect these shock moments to make the road safer and to avoid crashes. Again, a huge benefit. And as you just said, Maxine, every single second counts on the road out there when it comes to safety. Now, that you benefit from one another. We've mentioned this before. That's obvious as partners. So how did the partnership come about, Sid? Why did Mercedes-Benz and NextMind, why did they choose to partner up? What are the synergies there? And where would you like your mutual journey to actually lead the two of you? So I think Maxine has probably a lot more to say about this than I do. But actually, we had the choice to work with several automotive industry partners. And we immediately chose Mercedes for one specific reason, which is that they were the most interested by BCI and also the ones who really believe that it's going to be part of the future. And uh, we had a very good collaboration together. And uh, I'm very happy that it came up to uh, the integration and the concept car. Maxine, doesn't that sound great? Yes, of course. So <laughs> I can also say something to our first uh, meeting, because since I've been dealing quite a long time with BCI, I was looking really for EEG devices that are efficient, that are small, um, easy to use without a lot of training and calibration time. So then I read about NextMind, uh, that they have a launch at the fair, so I arranged a meeting there and I remember sit in the first moment you didn't think about a car maker that we are interested in your technology. And so I was really allowed to test your technology on site even before I think it was the official launch. All right. What would you hope for where the journey leads the two of you within your partnership? I really hope that we can bring this BCI technology to next level to really inspire people and to experience for a lot of people, not only in a lab, and but really in a driving condition as well. We are doing groundbreaking research, but we have to consider that we are 15 years ahead of today. So it's about taking people with us and it's about taking trust. So we really want to gain a deep understanding about the technology and to push it further to make sure that we have good developed technology. Maybe I may close by asking a personal question to each of you. What is the one thing that you personally are really looking forward to in the future? Something that you really look forward to experiencing with the help, with the support of BCIs? I think the most interesting use case for us is just around the corner. It's the combination of AR and especially AR glasses with BCI. And also the experience of having to control like virtual objects in an AR environment without moving your hands or without speaking, basically by just using your brain, this is an extremely cool application. Awesome. That sounds awesome. I just want to give it a try, like today, like yesterday. Maxine, what are you looking forward to personally most? Is it also augmented reality or what is the one thing that you really, really look forward to using? So... I really like the overall experience when you really feel like you are one, you merged with the technology, but you doesn't recognize the technology. So I'm really looking for more so-called shy tech. 
so that you have this experience and you feel like you can see and feel more things like enhancing senses, but you doesn't know about the technology. So you don't have to wear something, but just experience. So I think that is really possible in the near future. And I'm looking forward to have it. <laughs> Oh my God, you're not alone. I think you're not alone with that feeling. And it feels like we've just opened the door to such a huge topic. We're really going to keep a close eye on your work and on your research and all that you do. Sid and Maxine, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm just super excited for the future now more than ever. And I can't wait to see how everything rolls out over these next months and years to come. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. <laughs> And all the best to our listeners as well, of course. Thank you for joining us. Don't miss out on our next episode of Let's Talk Mercedes. It will stay exciting. Bye.